Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Um, okay, so uh, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, um, this morning is going to be a very prophetic morning. I'm going to share with you um, a dream that I had, and then what I believe that the Lord is saying out of that dream. In the book of Acts, when Pentecost was poured out, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and Pentecost happened, Peter said, this is unto dreams and visions. This is the voice of the Lord that is now coming back to his people that we can hear and we can see so that we can prophesy. So sometimes when we have dreams, the dreams are personal and they're for us, but sometimes when we have dreams, it is for the corporate body. And this particular dream was so incredible, and I knew that the Lord was telling me that it's for us and it's for the church as a whole. So I'm going to take you through the dream, and it's a very interesting thing that happened in this dream. I've never had it happen before. Uh, so I'm going to take you through a couple of chapters in the Bible. So I'm going to tell you the dream. And then I'm going to lead you through the dream. And, I'm gonna, and then I'm going to share with you the interpretation. And then I'm going to tell you about what I feel like is the revelation of what the Lord is trying to communicate. So it's pretty intense, but it's also very exciting. So in the dream, I found myself walking through Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Now, this was um, very strange to me um, in the dream because I knew in the dream that I was in the dream and I knew in the dream that I'm walking through Revelation 4 and 5. It was very clear to me where I was and what was happening. And as I was walking through the scene under my feet, were the words of the Bible. So I'm walking through the pages and the words of Revelation 4 and 5. They're underneath my feet. And what I'm seeing with my eyes, can you put the image up? What I'm seeing with my eyes is the throne. I'm seeing the 24 elders. I'm seeing the four living creatures. And I'm walking through this scene through, through, through chapter 4, and then I'm going into chapter 5, and I go through chapter 5 where Jesus comes, and, he, and, and the Father is on the throne, and he has the scroll with seven seals. And I'm like, is this really happening right now? Uh, you know, am I really in this place? I'm in unbelief while I'm in my dream. And, and I see him and Jesus comes up and he, he picks up the scroll out of the hand of the father. And, and then I walk through Revelation 5 and, and then I walk through the new song and then I get to the end of Revelation 5. And as I do, I hear the Lord say, this is my all in all. This is my all in all, Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. 
And then I'm, I'm at the end of Revelation 5, and I look to my left, and I can see uh, all the way through to Revelation 1. And I see the Lord with his eyes like a flame of fire. And he's standing on Revelation 1.17. And I'm looking at him, and it was glorious. And it was terrifying. And I, and I, I had this fear of the Lord hit me. And he said to me these words. I am not who they think I am. And I thought, oh Lord, oh Lord, I am not who they think I am. So I want to unpack this because I think that there's a message here to the body of Christ. And I think that the Lord is saying, I am coming and I don't want you to be surprised in the way that I show up. Amen? So turn in your Bibles because we're going to read through it. Um, I'm going to try to do it as quickly as I can, but also <laughs> so that we can all hear and understand. Um, I'm going to, the words will be up on your screens, but um, if you have your personal Bible with you, it's always good to, to read it in your personal Bible because I find that it feels like home to me, my own, the, the pages of my own Bible. And in my, in the dream, I was actually walking through my own personal Bible. Um, all right, let's begin. Chapter four, verse one. After these things, I told a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here and I will show you the things place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a jasper and sardius stone in appearance and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes and they had crowns of gold on their head and from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal, and in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had the face of a man, the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within, and rest day or night saying holy 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 lord god almighty who was and is and is to come whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worships him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying who are worthy you are worthy O lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they exist and were created. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one 
in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though he had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into the whole earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and, and such as are in the sea and all of the all that are in them i heard saying blessing and honor and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever and then the four living creatures said amen and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever all right turn in your bibles to um revelation verse 17 So after this, I turned, I looked to my left, and I saw the Lord. He was standing on this verse, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Okay, let's stop there. All right, so when I <clears throat> his hair was like white and he was wearing a white robe with a gold sash and he, when he looked at me um, in a similar way I felt so undone and I, 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 the fear of the Lord struck me but it wasn't I'm afraid it wasn't it was he was looking at me with these eyes of love that were so fiercely compassionate that it caused me to want to disappear because I was like, I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, we sing about God. I worship God. We pray. But when you're sitting there and you're looking at him like that, you're just like, I am, I am undone. I think I might explode from the look that you're giving me. And so what I felt when I saw him, when he said to me, I am not who they think I am. I felt this, I felt this impression. I'm fiercely in love with my bride. And it was like a, it was like a bridegroom who had 
longed for his bride. Like he had gone without, like he's, he's so ready. And the closer, you know, the closer you get to something, it's almost like eternity between the time that you actually can apprehend it. It's like the closer that you get, I can only imagine the closer you get husbands, you know, this boyfriends, you know, this, the closer you get to your wedding day, the farther it seems away. Brides, the closer you get to the wedding day, you can't wait for that moment. And that's the look that he had when he looked at me. Like, there is a love available, a fierce, passionate, violent love. And, he, and, and that, that, that we need to know. And we were talking about this in, in Growth Trap, John and I. And John and I said, you know, the common denominator in the body of Christ that John and I have seen is not that they're not fulfilling the first commandment, love God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Yeah, I mean, we see that all the time. It's so beautiful. But the one common denominator that we've seen over and over is that we don't know how to receive God's love. Our receptors are broken and we hide from his love. We hide from it because it's so intense. We're like, no, I don't want you to see me. No, I don't deserve that kind of love. No, I don't. And there's like a, a laundry list of, of reasons. And um, I feel like he's saying, we have to come back to that first love. We have to come back to that first way of knowing him while he can be known. I feel like he's calling the church out of this, 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 this religious system and out of something that is tradition and he's calling us into a deep and abiding place in him that the God of the universe has said to us I am making myself known to you I am making myself available so that you can know me in this way. And when you know me in this way, you will be transformed into my likeness because I desire a bride that looks like me. And the only way to do that is not through works, but it's through gazing at him. It is through looking at him as he looks at you and looking at him as he looks at you. Amen. Count Zinzendorf, who is an 18th century church leader and founder of the 100-year Moravian uh, prayer movement, he said this. He said, you can sum up the gospel of Jesus Christ in two statements. The worship of the Lamb and the working of the Spirit. The worship of the Lamb. It, you know, as I'm walking through and I'm seeing the 24 elders, can you put that picture back up for me? As I'm walking through and I'm looking at the throne and I'm looking at the 24 elders and I've got the word underneath me, I, I see this thing and it's, it's like the greatest event in all of history 
I see the father hand the son this legal document. He hands him the deed to the earth. He hands him the deed to the heavens. He hands him what I believe is the prophetic story of the unfolding of all of history have just been put in his hands. And when he goes there, what's just so phenomenal to me is he shows up on the scene as a lamb, as though he had been slain. But yet he's also the root of David. But yet he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is, he is all of those things. And it's like, he's saying, I'm not who you think I am. I am a lamb, but I'm a lion. I am the root of David. Do you understand the history behind who I am and what I carry and the authority I walk in? And so as I'm, I'm, I'm walking through and I'm, I'm seeing the elders and I'm seeing them, I didn't see their faces but I because they were bowing. And I saw them casting their crowns down. And, and it was such an emotional thing. It wasn't a command like you've got to cast your crowns down. It was a response to that kind of love. It causes, that kind of love causes us and should cause us to bow. It should cause us to say, I, I can't stand under the weight of this love. I can't, but I have to bow before you because you're worthy. You're worthy. And so when they began to sing this new song, it was like this huge celebration. It was like all of heaven was celebrating because all of heaven had been waiting for this song to be sung. They were waiting for you. They were waiting for you. And so they were celebrating and saying, hey, hey, now look, look who they are. Look who they are. Jesus just multiplied himself into millions upon millions upon millions of hearts. He just captured all of them. He just made a whole new creation. You know, the second Adam has prevailed. He has prevailed. And so he's still holding this scroll even as they're singing the songs. And you get to the end of this. And, and when I was at the end, it was so interesting because in the beginning in chapter 4, the songs are being sung to the Father. The songs are being sung to he who sits on the throne. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And so Jesus comes and he gets the scroll and now he has all power and authority. The Father has now given the Son everything that was within him, right? And so now he's like, okay, now I have the scroll. I have paid the price. You know, I my blood has been shed. Therefore, you have authority to rule and reign with me. Now you have access and you can come into these heavenly places and be seated with us in this glorious symphony that's happening. And watch as I talk to you and tell you the things that must come after this. So, as he, as he was holding that scroll and I began to see the new song and I began to see this celebration, they said at the end, they said, now we are going to honor and celebrate the Father. And we're going to honor and celebrate the Son. And then they all said, Amen. And when he said, as I'm standing there and I'm looking over, they don't know who I am. They said, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. 
I am the beginning and the end, meaning that I've done it all. I've done it all. All of eternity is within me. All of eternity is within me. I hold the scroll in my hand. And, and for me seeing that scroll and him, him showing us and me this scene, beloved, I believe that he is saying, listen, we are in the hour where these scrolls, where these seals are about to be opened. I'm about to open this book and the, and the unfolding of the last days is upon us. Know me while I can be found. Know me while I am available. Because believe me, you do not want to be like the unwise virgins in this hour, remember the wise virgins and the unwise, unwise virgins in, in Matthew chapter 25. He's talking about, the, the disciples said, tell us about the end days. And he says, well, you know, here's how this is all going to go down. You know, there's going to be a lot of shaking. There's going to be a lot of heartache. You're going to, this guy's going to say he's Jesus and this guy, but don't pay any attention to them. He goes on to say, listen, you will know, you, you're not going to know the hour, but you're going to know the season. It's when the fig tree begins to bloom, which is the nation of Israel. When you see that uh, fig tree beginning to bloom, then you know that you're in the season of the Lord's return or the generation of the Lord's return. And so it's like, I feel like he's saying it's time to wake up and get oil in our lamps because the door has been opened and he's saying, look, I'm, uh, the only ones that are going to be able to come in, everybody's got a lamp, everybody's a virgin, mean, meaning he's speaking to the church. You're all, you're all in the church, but, but only the ones with the, that know me are going to come in. Amen? Y'all still love me? Okay, good. All right, so Paul in um, Colossians 1 and Ephesians 1, Paul prays for the knowledge of God being critical to bear fruit in, these, in this hour. He's talking about not just the knowledge of God, but the knowledge of the will of God, that we would not only know God, and I mean, you, if, you, if you look through the word, you will see this written over and over and over and over and over about the knowledge of God. Remember, he says over and over, Jesus himself said, away from me because I don't know you. I don't know you. I am not who you think I am because you haven't had time in your busy schedule to know me. Know my personality. Know my emotions. Know what, what I love and what I hate. Amen? When I was first saved, I was taught from people who I just love, but I was taught uh, from a lot of people throughout the body of Christ, you know, we'd go to conferences and everything, and they would talk and teach about Jesus. And then I uh, came into the prayer movement, and I was listening to them teach about Jesus, or teach about Jesus, and and and. One of them was the first one I was hearing them tell me about what they knew about God. But the others I knew had been with God. And I'm like, there's a, there's, you know, you think there's not that much difference. But it's almost like I could feel an, an anointing when they spoke 
spoke. They spoke and it was like everything they said had emotion. And they like, I've been in the presence of God. You know, the, the, when in Acts 14, the, the, the Jews were, were looking at Peter and John and they were going throughout the city and they were speaking boldly about Jesus. And they, they said, those two have been with Jesus. We know they've been with Jesus because of how boldly they speak and because we know they're, you know, ignorant fishermen and they're speaking so wise and with so much boldness. But beloved, I am telling you that people are going to, they know because they can hear, even though they're not saved, they can hear if you've been with Jesus. There is a fragrance coming off of your words that says, I have encountered the emotions and the heart of a king. And you're not just saying, I read a couple of stories, and I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. But you're like, man, I got to tell you how this man has captured my heart with one glance of his eyes. And he told me things about myself that were so good it was almost impossible to believe. But I kept running from that voice because I was like, no, this is too good. It's too good. It's too good. God, I don't deserve this. And shame had a voice in my ears. But the voice of my beloved was louder. And he kept saying it. Every time I would go and be with him, over and over and over, this is what I have for you. This is who you are. This is what I see when I look at you. And I slowly began to believe those words. I began to agree with the things that he was telling me about me. And the day that he created me. And the times when I was crying or hurtful or whatever, he kept telling me over and over, this is who you are. This is who I've created you to be. This is what I've created you to do. And so as I'm doing that, I'm getting to know a good father who won't give up on me, a good father that keeps chasing me down, a good father who gives me good gifts. And he tells me, here's the knowledge of my will Here's the knowledge of the beauty of my son. You know, when Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus was asking his disciples that question, which I believe that today he's asking us. He said, who do they say that I am? Who do they say that I am? And they're like, well, they say you are a prophet. Uh, you are Elijah. You are... You fill in the gap. Because today people are like, who's Jesus? And everybody has an opinion. And Peter steps forward and he says, he asks the question, Jesus asks the question, 
Okay, and this is what everybody says about me. And he said, what do you say about me? What do you say? Who am I? Do you know who I am? Because Jesus is saying to us, we don't know who he is. And he's saying, who am I? To his disciples. And Peter steps forward and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. You are Christ, the Son of God. And he said, blessed are you, Peter, because my Father in heaven revealed this to you. So he's saying it is the revelation of the knowledge of God that is going to be your foundation. And on this foundation of the revelation of the knowledge of God, I will build my church. And all hell will try to come against you, but will not prevail because of the foundation of the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to give you not only this foundation, this sure foundation of the knowledge of who I am, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you the keys. And it's going to be a beautiful thing that what we shut, no man can open. And what we open, no man can shut. And he's like, in the, out of the knowledge of God, you'll have authority. Don't try to have authority without the knowledge of God. Because I'm telling you, beloved, you will be like the sons of Sceva. That didn't go so well. Yeah, those demons danced on their head. We have to be legitimate people. We have to be the real thing. Because that's what people are looking for. They're not looking for consumer Christianity. They're not looking for the church to become more like the world. They're actually looking for heaven. On earth. Because they know, in their, even though they don't know, they do know that that's the truth. Right? So the Lord is like, okay, okay, get with me, get with me. So you've been invited into the greatest mystery and the greatest adventure of all eternity. To seek out the beauty of the heart of the uncreated God. Everything else in your life pales in comparison. Now, I'm going to pray this before you go. And if you do not want me to pray this over you, you need to probably leave early. But I am going to pray that we will all get delivered from the addiction of social media. Amen. Look, I'm telling you, man, it is the work of the enemy. And what he's doing is he knows the algorithms that have been built into those systems. And it is to entrap God's people so they will not be watching in this hour. And I know that when I pray, you're going to be set free. Amen. We know God because he chooses to reveal himself to us. And the thing is, is that as we gaze on him... You become the truest version of who you are. I can't tell you how insecure I used to be. I mean, I seriously would have conversations with people, and primarily in my mind, I would be thinking about what you think about me while you're talking to me. I'm not even listening to what you were saying. That used to be my life. Because I was so insecure with who I was. And I didn't know my name until I sat 
down on the inside through my life of prayer and my life of being with him and my life of intimacy. And so now my heart's cry is, God, I just want to, I want to know your heart. I want to know how I can touch your heart. I want to know how I can move your heart. Not so you can do something for me, but just because I want to move the heart of God. That's my end goal. It's like, man. And it says in Song of Solomon that we can. He said in Song of Solomon, oh man, one glance of your eyes. It moved my heart. That's what I want. That's what we want. So I'm going to read you this um, quote from A.W. Tozer from the knowledge of the holy. He said this, the feeling for mystery, even for the great mystery, is basic in human nature and indispensable to religious faith. In the Hebrew and Christian scriptures, God carries forward his self-revelation and gives it personality and moral content. This presence is shown to be not a thing, but a moral being with all the warm qualities of genuine personality. More than this, he is the absolute quintessence of moral excellence, infinitely perfect in righteousness, purity, rectitude, and incomprehensible holiness. And in all this, he is uncreated, self-sufficient, and beyond human thought to conceive or human speech to utter. Yet he has chosen to reveal himself to us. He has a personality. He has emotions. This God that we serve is beyond comprehension. And I just challenge you, walk through Revelation 4 and 5. It is his all in all. It is the worship of the lamb that was slain. It is the, it is the worship coming before the father and giving him worship, ministering to him, loving on him, pouring out your costly oil and then let yourself go into this the song that heaven is singing and be like man just carry me away like this God carry me away I want to get drunk in the place of that song I want to get swept away with your presence where it transforms my heart so that no matter what, I will declare, you are good. And you love me. And I know you. I know your character. I know your nature. I know your personality. I know your, your traits. Amen? So let's stand and I'm going to pray. Cool dream, huh? So, Father, I just thank you for 
the dream, and I thank you, Father, for the scene that is happening in heaven, that this scene that is, that is being um, unfolded before us, God. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you give us a crown. You tell us in Revelation, don't lose your crown. But this crown is to be thrown down before you, God, because you're worthy. Because your love is so powerful. It's so fervent. It's so electric. Your love, it rolls over us. It consumes us. It transforms us. It changes us, God. Father, thank you that you came to get us. That you, you gave your son for our lives. That we could be one with you. And that Christ the Son of God, Christ, could come and live on the inside of us. And we can smell like you. We can have a fragrant, a fragrant offering, a fragrant life. God, we love you. We bless you. And we thank you. And Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just thank you for the power and authority to take authority over every distraction that would stand in the way, God. I bind up wasted time, and I bind up that addiction to social media, addiction to Facebook, addiction to Instagram, addiction to what other people think, addiction to Twitter, addiction to whatever. And I command you now, in Jesus' name, to loose God's people. Loose them. And I declare that there is no algorithm in this earth that will take God's people captive. We will rise above all math in Jesus' name. Amen.